Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-ray may be for? And Scott Seidenberg. The Spartos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. Welcome into a special preview edition of a new podcast, a sports conversation in the sports betting world. I'm Scott Seidenberg, alongside legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. And Brandon, let me just say, the casting of Matthew McConaughey as you and Two for the Money is spot on. You guys are like twins. Well, I wouldn't go that far. It's uh, <laughs> The ongoing joke for years has been the number one question I get asked by everybody is, what was it like to have Matthew McConaughey play you in a movie? And the, the answer has always remained the same. I'm 56. My wife is 46. She looks 26. She's Filipino. She's Asian. And if you know anything about Asian women, they don't age. 60s, the new, you know, 60s, the new 50, 50s, the new 40, 40s, the new 30. I don't know if it's the white rice or the miso soup, but they just don't age. And, you know, I completely outkick my coverage with my wife. She still looks hot. I mean, she really does look 20. I always tell people, Google Brandon Lang's wife. You'd be like, oh, my God, she's a dime piece. But as I get older and I get a little belly or maybe the bald spot in the crown of the head where I'm looking for that, like, infomercial where that guy's got that spray or whatever, I can always say, you know what, it doesn't matter. Because I can always walk in that bedroom and say, honey, Close your eyes, baby girl, because here comes Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right, all right. You know, that's that's kind of the ongoing joke I always talk about on radio. And, you know, listen, at the end of the day, when I went out to Hollywood and, and tried to network this thing and and had the idea to take a job at a golf course and and caddy for a director or a rooter producer, producer or writer and, and, and get a movie made about my life, I had three guys in mind initially. And, and when I first got out there, it was like 1997. And it's Ben Affleck, Vince Vaughn, or Matthew McConaughey. And so to have it come full circle and then – you know, for the movie to debut in 2005, eight years later, and to get Matt and Al Pacino and Rene Russo, um, at the end of the day, it really was not only a dream come true, but just a dream cast that did a hell of a job. Absolutely. One of the top sports betting movies, one of the top gambling movies, one of the top movies just all around. Go do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen it, go check it out, too, for the money. But, Brandon, you're doing a lot better, as you just detailed for us then one LeBron James. The Lakers lose again on Friday night, falling to 30 and 32 on the year. And I just have to sit back and laugh at every pundit and so-called expert, I'm doing the air quotes here, people, that wanted to bet the Lakers over 48 and a half wins. In what world was this Laker team going to win 49 games? I never saw it from the moment LeBron James signed there, Brandon. You know, he's, he's, he's been in the league a long time, and LeBron can't take over a game uh, the way he used to be able to take over a game for the entire game. He goes, he goes in spurts. And so um, as this season unfolded, he got injured, took plenty of time off to deal with that. Um, and as he went along with just taking his time coming back, they fell further out of playoff contention. And then, of course, the end Davis trade, and, and that never happened. And so bottom line is this. When you look at LeBron, they lost at New Orleans, called out his teammates, went into Memphis against a B team, got beat there again, called out his teammates again. He had five turnovers in that game. I think it was uh, eight, of, eight of, I think, 22 from the floor. When you look at LeBron, 
he's never going to be the greatest of all time, yet he says he's the greatest of all time. You can't jump teams and get championships. Look at MJ. Chicago Bulls, six titles in eight years. The two years they didn't have when he went and played baseball for a couple of years because Stern said you need to disappear a while for gambling reasons. Mm-hmm. LeBron's been great. He's had a great career. But at the end of the day, unless they get him some serious help next year, this four years is going to throw the Laker franchise into the abyss. Well, you know, it's funny because I looked at every circumstance surrounding LeBron James going into this season with the Lakers. When I saw that number and I I laughed at it when I saw it, and I'm still laughing at it because I, of course, bet the under. LeBron last year played all 82 games for the first time in his entire career. He played more minutes in a season than he has in his his entire career. Going to eight straight NBA Finals, throw in playing for Team USA in the offseason certain years, There's a lot of mileage on that body. He said he wanted to live out the entire four years of this Laker contract. You knew he wasn't going to play a full season this year. So without LeBron playing a full season, throw in all of his off-court distractions, the the show on HBO, the shop, his production company, him partnering with Clutch Sports, This guy's got so much more in his head besides basketball that playing for the Lakers right now, I hate to say it, Brandon, it's not his priority. And that's why minus 300 for them not to make the playoffs this year might as well be minus 10,000. I agree. I agree. You watched that game last night. They 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 had they pretty much led the entire way. Um, late, they had a one-point lead uh, with the ball. And then LeBron turned it over, and they imploded. I believe Milwaukee ended the game on a 15-2 run and ended up the, the line in the game was Milwaukee minus five and a half. The Lakers were inside that number the entire night, never outside the five-and-a-half number until Milwaukee closed the game on a 15-2 run. Defensive blown assignments by LeBron, by Rondo. They couldn't keep Bledsoe in front of him. Um, Ingram had a great game, but down the stretch, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Um, Caldwell Pope was terrible on the inbound pass. That led to a three. That led to basically the the, the game-ending run. They're just they're, they're not a good basketball team, and, and I don't think Luke Walton is is the answer. I didn't think he was when he was hired. Um, so the Lakers are going to have a lot of decisions to make. Listen, we know somebody's coming, whether it's whether it's Kyrie coming to team with him again, whether whether um, Leonard comes, we, we don't know. Someone's coming. Can they still make a run at Davis? Absolutely. But it's for me, you're right. It might as well be minus 10,000. They're not making the playoffs. You can see it. They're just, they, they, they can't close games. They're not good enough to close games. And LeBron's not good enough to close games. So at the end of the day, um, it will be interesting to see where they're at next year, who they sign, and uh, a full season with LeBron. Now, they're still going to be overvalued for the rest of this season because of the LeBron James factor, right? Like, people are going to flood the sports books thinking, LeBron's going to take over, playoff mode activated, let's hammer the Lakers. So the spreads might be a little inflated down the stretch here. You might actually see some value betting against the Lakers for the rest of the season. Yeah, listen, after watching them implode down the stretch against Milwaukee, I think if you're going to play a Laker game, listen, they, they went on the road. They, they failed to cover at New Orleans, got beat outright. They, they failed to cover at Memphis, lost outright, came back home, 
played New Orleans again. I believe they were laying six and a half, one by five. Didn't cover that number. And they don't cover the number last night. So they haven't covered four in a row. I believe you keep going against this Laker team, regardless of what the number is. And if you stay consistent with that from a gambling perspective, you are going to make money betting against the Lakers the rest of the year. Let's talk about the Greek freak, Brandon. Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, he's the favorite right now to win the MVP right there with James Harden. And the Bucks are the favorite to win the Eastern Conference. But... It, something in me just doesn't see it. And I don't know if it's because it's the history of the Milwaukee Bucks and and you're just not used to seeing them up top. But I look at the Sixers maybe at 3-1, to one, the Celtics at 4-1, to one, and to me I'm more comfortable betting on those teams to win the Eastern Conference rather than trust this Bucks team. Am I crazy? Am I just biased here? You know, I think at this point in the season, I think we know where we stand. I think your Eastern Conference Finals, you're going to have Toronto, Milwaukee. Something's really? not right in Boston. The worst thing that could have happened to the Celtics were those young kids play as well as they did and get into the finals. And then here comes Kyrie and Hayward back, and there's just not enough minutes for, for how they played. I think Boston's in self-destruct mode. I think our Eastern Conference Finals is going to be just that. I think that's what we're going to get. We're going to get a Toronto-Milwaukee great series. Over in the West, I think it's going to pencil in now. I think we're going to get Houston and Golden State. I'm not a believer in OKC and Russell Wilson. Uh, not a believer of pretty much anybody else in the West. I think it's going to be Golden State, Houston. I think it's Milwaukee and, and Toronto. I love the supporting cast, especially with the way they closed it out last night. And and you know, if you haven't watched Bledsoe play, yeah, he, he got the money he was looking for and played like it last night. But this is a very dangerous basketball team. I am concerned they give up a bit too many open threes. And if they face a hot team over a seven-game series, they could get beat. But at the end of the day, their supporting cast was huge down the stretch against the Lakers. Would you go Giannis or Harden as the MVP? I'd go James Harden. I, what, what he's done with Paul being out and, and carried that team while Paul was was out pretty much uh, uh, for a very extended length of time. And, and, and to play the way he has with 30 points, 40 points, 50 points, um, the bearded one is the MVP. I don't know if you've ever had a beard, but let me tell you something. They're the most uncomfortable thing on the face of the planet. I don't know how he does it. God I, love I, you, bro. I got it right now, but I trim it down. So, you know, I never let it get that long. I don't know how he lets it get that long. And I don't know how the ladies, you know, accept that when it's that long. It's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. Well, you know, OJ might have buried the knife in there, as far as we know. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. If you see Harden... And the way he looked at Arizona State and the way he looks now, it's, it's the, the makeover is unbelievable. But listen, more power to the beard. I love watching him play. I was a shooter. People have no idea the step back move he has, what it takes out of your legs and how easy he makes it look. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm a big James Harden fan, and I enjoy watching him play. Simple as that. I want to talk a little college hoops here and then, believe it or not, get into high school basketball. But don't worry, folks. We're not betting on high school. I just There's a funny story I want to talk about. But in college basketball, someone posed this question to me. And they said, if I were given the option of Duke or the field to win the NCAA tournament, what would I bet on? And I know it, it, it sounds crazy because you're getting every other team. But I think if Zion Williamson plays... No one's beating Duke in the NCAA tournament. I'm penciling them in as my national champion. Wrong. Wrong. Okay. Tell me why I'm wrong. Um, when you start to advance in the tournament, um, Gonzaga beat them early in the year um, in Maui. Um, they didn't have uh, Tilly, their other center, who didn't play in that game. If you've not seen Gonzaga play, um, you have Barrett and you have Zion Williams. 
Reddick can hit some threes if he has to, but at the end of the day, it's those two. And if you take one of those two out of the game, they're going to be in trouble. Their supporting cast isn't good enough. Um, you look at the game at, at uh, Virginia Tech, Trey Jones played terrible. After they beat Syracuse on the road on Saturday without Zion, they went into Virginia Tech. They're playing without their best player, their point guard, and, and Virginia Tech beat them. Um, yeah, Zion didn't play, but Barrett, Barrett got going in the second half. But there's weaknesses that can be exploited. Listen, Kentucky's going to punch him in the mouth. Gonzaga's going to punch him in the mouth. Tennessee's going to punch him in the mouth. Um, there are teams that aren't going to back down to them. Veteran teams. Listen, Tennessee's got some flat out thugs underneath with Schofield and, and Williams. And, you know, listen, these are, these are freshmen that have had a great year. I will take the field against Duke all day long because I've said it once. I've said it again. There's going to be an experienced team that wins the NCAA championship. It's not going to be a collective group of a bunch of one and dones. I'm sorry, because it's very hard to do. Kentucky was fortunate enough to do it in the one year because they had Davis. Mm -hmm. It was the only reason why Kentucky had ever won a national championship with the one and dones. And you've yet to have a national champion with a group of one and dones. And I'll tell you something else. Duke will not get by North Carolina. North Carolina will beat Duke every single time they play because they have the interior presence. They have the outside shooters. They just match up too good against Duke. If Duke doesn't win the ACC tournament, then if you think they'll lose to North Carolina, does that bump them from the one line? And if it bumps them from the one line, does it change your perspective on them? Which basically hearing you right now, I think it's a negative perspective on them going into the tournament. I guess the question should be if they beat North Carolina and win the ACC tournament. And yes, that would mean beating Virginia or maybe not even playing Virginia. They're on the one line. They play their first two games in Columbia. Does it change your opinion of them going into the tournament? If you see the way their bracket falls out. Well, they, they, they got to go into North Carolina at the end of the year. And then based on the seeding of the ACC tournament, somebody's going to have to play somebody twice. It's a, yeah. it's a weird dynamic in the ACC if you've, if you've watched the ACC this year. Virginia matches up really well with North Carolina. North Carolina matches up really well with Duke. Duke matches up really well with Virginia. So based on how the seeding falls, one of those three teams is going to have to beat the other two twice in the ACC tournament in the semis and the finals. That's going to go a long way to who gets that number one seed. Virginia, I, I put it this way, I don't see two ACC schools getting the number one seed. Okay. I, I just can't, I just, I can't see it. I can see Gonzaga getting a number one seed. I can see a Tennessee getting a number one seed. I could see potentially, well, Kentucky lost to Tennessee today, but um, I, I, Big Ten, uh, Purdue was impressive today. Michigan State lost to Indiana. Uh, the Big Ten champion could, could theoretically, if Purdue continues to play well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe the ACC runner-up and the ACC champ gets a number one seed. Mm -hmm. I, I, but I, I, I don't see it. You talk about experienced teams, and one of the most experienced teams who I've been impressed with all season, and they have a tough matchup here as we're recording this podcast, Nevada, currently 22 to one to win the national championship. They're probably looking at a four seed, maybe a three seed at best. You like the Wolfpack? They're dangerous. They're dangerous. They got a really big game tonight at Utah State rematch of a, of, a, of a pretty competitive game, though Nevada killed them on the boards. That's an interesting game. Nevada's lane one and a half at Utah State tonight. Interested to see how that one plays out. But yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, top six players are back from last year. Um, a wealth of experience, really good basketball coach. And, and sometimes, much like Gonzaga, when you play in your conference, you kind of get bored. 
you kind of get bored and you kind of don't play at the level that you have been played earlier in your non-conference schedule. So we're probably not seeing the best of Nevada right now. They're kind of like buying their time till the tournament starts and they'll turn it on. Much the same as I could see with the Gonzaga. Uh, they got an interesting game tonight at St. Mary's um, against a Gills team that I think they beat by close to 40 at home. Uh, the Gills are at home tonight getting eight and a half. And, and um, so some very, very interesting games tonight. Um, but I'm big on Nevada. Um, I think Nevada could be a, a, an Elite Eight or a Final Four. But the one team, you know, last year I called Loyola Chicago to the Final Four. People thought I was crazy. Um, before I'd moved to Vegas, I, I was living back in Jacksonville. And I went and watched uh, Loyola Chicago play Florida in November. And they beat them outright. And I'm like, wow, mm. that alerted me to them. If you've not seen Wolford play, Wolford has all five starters back from last year. Well, they're probably going to be a seven seed. So, so a seven seed, if they win the first round and then win that second round upset of a two seed, that's a pretty favorable draw. I'm going to tell you what right now. It's it, very rarely in a in a conference do you get one team crack the top twenty five when they haven't you know when they haven't been there ever. Now earlier this year, you had Furman went into Villanova and beat Villanova outright. And then next thing you know, they cracked the top 25 for the first time in forever. Uh, actually, first time in the school's history. Lo and behold, here we are two months down the road. And what do you get? You get Wolford cracking the top 25 from the same conference, the same Southern Conference. Um, so good for them. I mean, this is a Wolford team, as I said, all five starters back. And, and they have played unbelievable basketball the entire year. And when you have that kind of experience, and they're all seniors, um, you know, they lost to North Carolina the first game of the year at home uh, by 11. First game of the year, mm. out of the box. That should have alerted everybody to, hey, maybe there's something about this team. Then they went at Oklahoma and only lost by 11. Um, the one bad loss was at Kansas. They got, they got blown out by 25. And then, ladies and gentlemen, um, they suffered a loss at Mississippi State uh, by 11. Look at those four losses. Look at the four losses that they have against elite big-time programs. This team, in my prediction, is going to be this year's Loyola Chicago and crack the Final Four. You can get them right now 100-1 to to win the national championship. Wofford, according to Joe Lenardi on ESPN's Bracketology, has them as a seventh seed in the West region playing Oklahoma as a 10 seed in the first round with a potential matchup against number two seed Michigan in the second round and possibly Kansas, a rematch then in the Sweet 16. How about that? You talk about yep. that Kansas loss. That's, that's good stuff. That is good stuff right there. I, I want to bring up this story before we wrap things up because uh, I thought this was funny and I thought it's something that you would like as well. Did you see Mike McCarthy, former Packers coach, flip out at a high school basketball game, I'm sure you have been around people that have flipped out at sporting events. Does this bring anything to your mind, seeing him flip out at a high school basketball game? First of all, I'll be the first to tell you that there, there, you know, you live your life as a handicapper for 27 years. There are coaches and there are teams and there are players who have buried you, who have cost you so much money over the years. Mike McCarthy is one of those guys, albeit fourth down play calling, albeit conservative play calling, call it what you will. He has buried me. 
in my life. And so when he retired, I was the happiest guy in the world. But watching him go after high school officials in his stepson's basketball game, I guess it was a, a district tournament game that they lost and uh, being reprimanded. Do you, first of all, if you've ever met an NFL head coach, for the most part, percentagely speaking, they have the biggest egos of anyone you'll ever meet in your entire life. And so at the end of the day, do you think Mike McCarthy really gives a flying rat's ass what anybody thinks of him in any town, anywhere, of being able to berate officials? Um, I think it's hysterical. And it, once again, just goes to the core of deep down who really Mike Marke, who Mike McCarthy really is. You know who that guy is for me? And it's baseball. It's Ryan Madsen. He has wow. ruined so many games for me. Uh, and and one of my worst losses was this past summer. Okay, get this, Brandon. The Nationals are playing the Cubs, Sunday Night Baseball. I don't know if you remember this. The Cubs are down 3 nothing, with two outs and nobody on against Ryan Madsen. Jason Hayward gets an infield single. I'll never forget this. This makes me sick talking about it. Then Madsen hits a hits a batter. Then they get an out. Another batter gets hit. And then David Bodie pinch hits and hits a game-winning walk-off grand slam. Ryan Madsen had a 3-0 lead with two outs and nobody on base and lost the game for me. Bro, we'll do a podcast coming up this week where we will just talk bad beats because my number one pet peeve in life is in baseball, having a run line, minus a run and a half, closer comes in, he's got a three-run lead, and gives up two, and they win by one, and they don't cover the run line. That is ab- – and you don't know how many times that's happened to me. He's back in the bullpen. He's sleeping pretty much for seven and a half innings. Everybody does their job. You give him a three-run lead. He comes in, he gets the first out, he walks the guy, base hit first and second, guy hits a fly ball, both runners move up second and third, two out base hit, there's your, you know, there's your four, three, strikes the next guy out, game yep. over. <laughs> Unbelievable. Don't even get me in the old baseball is right around the corner, God help us. He's <laughs> exactly right. Uh, well, Brandon, this was fun, man. I look forward to doing more of this. Uh, obviously, this is a preview episode. Once we get deep into March Madness, we'll have a lot more fun. We'll dive into a lot more topics and just have fun with the sports conversation in a sports betting setting. We're not going to try to bore you with numbers. I'm not going to sit here and and give you the stats and the trends that annoy you. I'll give you the pertinent information, as will you, Brandon, but we're going to talk things, we're going to entertain, and we're going to go at it and have a good time. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the Wolford Terriers to the Final Four, baby. You heard it here first, folks. I'm Scott Seidenberg. He's Brandon Lang. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.